Hey, uh, good morning and welcome Hillside. Uh, for all of you watching online, my name's Derwin and I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. I'm so glad you've joined us this morning, whether you're uh, part of our family for a long time or this is your first time connecting with us as a church, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, some of you might be watching from your living rooms, uh, your, your bedrooms, uh, bathrooms, I hope not. Um, but I'm glad you're here. And if you're in your PJs, rock them. Just please don't share any pictures. We'd appreciate that. We're in this season where we are apart, but we are still together. Now, uh, some of you are introverts, and uh, social distancing is kind of coming naturally for you. Uh, but I got to tell you, for us extroverts, it's making us just a little crazy. We're longing for contact. But let me say this, especially to those of you who are, are part of the Hillside family, I miss you. <laughs> I really do. I, I, I came across the scripture this week from Philippians 1.8 that really resonated with me. It says this, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I, I feel that. I, I, I miss you. I, I miss our Sunday hugs and uh, handshakes. I even miss, you know, elbow bumps and, and, and air high fives. I miss our kids. I miss the, their laughter and giggles. I miss them climbing in our little tree in the front yard, almost killing it. Uh, I even miss those of you who sing off tune on Sunday mornings. We miss you too. I miss all of you with the fondness and affection of Jesus. And in this new reality of, of gathering online to connect as the church, even though it's hard and, and it's not ideal, we hold on to the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. And across our world today, there are, are millions of, of communities that are, are gathering today to, to celebrate and declare that fact that, that Jesus is their hope and he's our hope today. And, and to help us to, to do this today as we think about uh, how do we get through this season, how do we live in the midst of, of this very unusual and weird time, I want to look at a few verses from Psalm 57, and I'll conclude then by talking about how our congregation will continue to adapt to this new reality of being together as a church while maintaining our social distance. So our text is Psalm 57. I'm going to read the first five verses. If you've got a Bible, you can read along with me. Have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. Uh, I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Let's pray. Father God, in these moments that we're going to spend together, we invite you to come and speak to us in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our questions, in the, in the middle of what we're going through, Lord, we pray you would lead us and guide us into your hope and into your peace. We pray these things together now. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, 
there, there's no question that the the crisis we're going through right now is like nothing we have ever seen. Not like, like most of us have never gone through anything like this before. It's, it's worldwide. It, it's literally impacting everybody on the planet. And, and it raises all kinds of uncertainty and, and anxiety. Our, our family this week, uh, we ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> I guess in the grand scheme of suffering, that's not so bad, uh, but these days it's a bit of a crisis. And uh, we, we found some, we've actually managed to beg, borrow, and steal some, but we had to go to a bunch of different stores to, to go on this pilgrimage for toilet paper. And uh, I was in a particular store, I, I believe it was Walmart, and I'm walking, walking through the store, and I sneezed. And you wouldn't believe the reaction of the people around me. People kind of just freaked out, and they, they looked at me with fear and maybe even a little bit of anger. And we're kind of all in that place right now. We're asking questions like, when's this going to end? When's this, this whole deal going to pass? What does the future look like? And folks, we, we don't really know. But it's in moments like this that our, our Christian faith can, can really shine. You see, Christianity never promises the absence of suffering, but rather Christianity promises the presence of God in whatever we're going through. When will this pass? We don't, we don't know, but we hold on to this truth, the promise of God's presence in the middle of it. And so, this was David's experience. David, who is the, the writer of this psalm, and we see it here. By the way, Psalms are the, the prayer book of the people of God. Uh, they're genius. You read them, and, and we find that there's 150, and they seem to speak into every situation of our lives. They, they give us words to pray when we, we don't have, have words to pray. They give us language. They, they form us spiritually. They, they shape our lives. It's just so good. I, I'd encourage you to read and, and to pray the Psalms on a regular basis. And in many of the Psalms, we, three, we see three different movements, three different ways they, they lead us. Walter Brueggemann, uh, Old Testament scholar, says that they're these. They're orientation, reorientation, uh, pardon me, disorientation, and reorientation. Three words that describe most of the Psalms. Things start off okay. That's orientation. Things are relatively, you know, they're going smoothly in our lives. And then something happens. You'd call that disorientation. And then eventually we're led to a whole new reorientation. For many of us, I'd say that describes a lot of our lives. So, so what season are we in right now? Disorientation. Yeah, every, every day it seems like our world seems to get smaller and, and, and our, our lives are kind of shrinking. Uh, our freedoms are, are restricted. I, uh, I saw a line from uh, someone on Instagram who, who said, I didn't realize I was giving up this much for Lent. <laughs> and this sense of disorientation, we're feeling it, it creates in us a longing for reorientation. That day when, when God will restore and, and heal and break in and make new and, and bring His peace. And so that's a common pattern that we experience throughout our lives, and it was a common experience of David. And in Psalm 57, we get a pretty serious clue as to just what's happening that's disorientating him. Uh, ironically enough, it's actually not that different from what we are all going through right now. 
Um, we find out what's going on in a little inscription that's just on, on the top of the text where it says it's the Psalm of David, and it has this little line that describes the context. When he fled from Saul into the cave. In our context, when we fled from the virus into our homes. David, he's, he's, uh, he's on the run. If you know the story, uh, Saul is after him. Saul, his boss, the, the king is hunting him down. If you read the stories of, of, of this whole flight, we, we read them. They, they really seem to take years uh, from 1 Samuel 21 to chapter 26. But it's clear David is, is running from a raging king who's, uh, you know, hot on his tail. You could put it this way, that David had to be careful where he went. He had to be careful what he touched. And maybe he had to even wash his hands 20 times a day singing happy birthday to me or something like that. David was, you might say, on high alert. And he was anxious. And isn't that where we're at right now? Aren't we on high alert? I mean, anxious. We've seen this virus spread from country to country to our country, to our community, our neighborhood. And, the, and the end, in the end, it's caused us all to kind of look over our shoulders and, and just wonder what's going to happen next. And we fled to our homes. We fled to our own version of our caves. So what does David do? David prays for God's mercy. Verse 1, have mercy on me, my God. Have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. Folks, I can't think of a better prayer to pray right now than that. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, God. It's the prayer I've been praying. Mercy over our city. Mercy over the elderly. Mercy over nursing homes that are in lockdown. Uh, mercy over our healthcare workers, uh, mercy over those who are losing jobs, mercy over grocery store clerks who are and other essential services, mercy over our government leaders, over our, our health officials. And David needed mercy because he was in a crisis situation that just didn't seem to be going away. It didn't seem like it would be resolved overnight. And Saul would be a threat to David for a very long time. David didn't know when it would end. And in verse 4, he says, I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Now, when we read that passage, we might not ourselves be dwelling among ravenous beasts, some of you are dwelling among ravenous children. That's another story. <laughs> but this, this coronavirus feels like a ravenous beast to me. It, it feels like a, a threat to us. It's a real threat. And, and folks, whatever the danger is in our lives, David, David has a word for us. This is what he says. He says, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Did you catch that? Uh, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings, God, until this disaster has passed. You see, David, David writes this, this passage in the midst of a storm. And, and, and notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, I will, will take refuge in you because the disaster has passed. 
He doesn't say that. And, and he doesn't say, when the storm's past, I'm going to stop taking refuge in you. Thank you very much, God, for your service. But David's holding on to God in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a storm, in the midst, midst of a disaster. And, and this will continue on even after the disaster has passed. This is something that would characterize David. He taking refuge in his God. When, when he wrote this prayer, David didn't know when the disaster would pass. I, I think that's a key word for you and me because David was in a situation where the problem lingered. And right now we have a, a lingering problem. I mean, honestly, don't we all kind of wish for the day when, when coronavirus would be over and, and resolved quickly? We're, we're praying that way, that, that somehow would, life would return to some kind of normal, you know, where we can play in the park, <laughs> you know, where, where we can go outside without being judged. We can get out of our homes. We can return to, to work or to school. We can be with friends. We can hug, get touched. We can see each other face to face in real time, in person. We can go to coffee shops. I got to say, I really miss going to the coffee shop. We're all, we're all feeling the effects of it, but, but it's lingering, and we don't know when the disaster will pass. One of the great challenges we are facing in this crisis is the uncertainty. Just when will it end? When will our kids, you know, those ravenous beasts, you know, be able to go back to school? We, we don't know. When, when will toilet paper just be another commodity that is in ample supply? We don't know. There's, there's lots we don't know. But this we do know. We do know that no matter how extreme the social distancing measures that we have to take, I'll tell you this. God is never distant. God is never distant. We are under his wings. And the great image that David gives us here is being under the shelter of God's wings, taking refuge in him. It's an image, a picture of little vulnerable baby chickens, baby chicks, who are under the comforting wings of their mother, the safety there. Um. There's a, there's a great children's book that we love as a family. It's by Sally Lloyd-Jones called uh, Songs That Make Your Heart Sing. And I know it's a kid's book, and we just got onto this in the last two or three years, but we read it and love it. It's almost like a good daily devotional for adults too. And uh, she wrote a little devotional for this particular passage, Psalm 57. And this is what she writes to kids, but I think to all of us. Are you ever afraid... Do what baby chicks do. At the first sign of danger, if there's a storm coming or a hawk hovering, a mother hen spreads out her wings and clucks to her babies, and they run straight under her feathers. We have a heavenly Father who says He loves us and cares for us like that. When we are afraid, He tells us to run to Him. We can nestle up under His wings and he will protect us. Here's the truth of this psalm. No, no matter what storm we find ourselves, we're under God's wings. Uh, uncertain about your employment, but you're under God's wings. Uh, uncertain about your finances, but you are under God's wings. 
You're uncertain about your children's education right now, but you are under God's wings. Uncertain about your future, but you are under God's wings. You know, we've been told quite emphatically lately this week by our prime minister to stay at home, be a home dweller. But I don't want any of us to, to be just a homebody. I, I want to stay at home in God. I, I want to do as, as David described in another psalm, in Psalm 91, where he said, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High God will rest in the shadow of his wings. Folks, we have a refuge in God, and we're invited in this moment to, to find our refuge in the one who is over us, who is watching over us, who offers us shelter in the storm. You see, Christianity does not promise that when you come to Christ, all your problems are going to go away. But, but Christianity promises that though it be dark, light and life are still possible. You can still experience joy and, and peace in an environment that's, that's marked by fear and anxiety because you can find your refuge in God. We're under His wings. We're called to take refuge in Him. Like David, in the midst of awful circumstances in the cave, to hide ourselves under God's wings until the disaster has passed and beyond. So what does this mean for us as his people? How, how do we live this out in real, real time, in real life, to be under God's wings, recognizing his presence in our midst? Very, very simply, I'd suggest that it means that we're called to have meaningful connection in this moment. If we're honest, I'd say meaningful connection is something that we're always longing for, but I would, I would suggest that we're feeling it pretty acutely right now. We, we long for meaningful connection. And I think of three ways that we can meaningfully connect right now. We can meaningfully connect to God, we meaningfully connect to ourselves, and we meaningfully connect to others. First, we can meaningfully connect to God. Folks, right now we're uh, man, we're just up to the eyeballs with news and social media. We're inundated. And of course, we're in a season where actually it's good to kind of pay attention to what's going on in the world. <laughs> we, we want to know. It's important for us to know guidance from our government and so forth. I'm, I'm grateful for how in one of the national news broadcasts, uh, they taught me how to wash my hands properly along with a, a little crowd of four-year-olds in their, their, their daycare. It was really good, helpful to know. But, but there's news broadcasts, there's provincial announcements that are daily, there are national announcements, our prime minister is on, online every single day. Uh, there's articles that are coming at us left, right, and center. Our friends have more time than usual often, and, and so they're sending us all manner of things and for me, there's, there's kind of a line you cross where I'm not just being informed, but I'm being dominated. And even though some of us have more time than ever, it's still easy, I think, to be pushed and pulled by all manner of distraction, particularly the distraction of what's going on in this crisis. Can I encourage you with, with the margin that you do have? Press in, push in. To your relationship with God. Folks, I, I don't think that it was an accident that God led us in, in recent months to that series 
that we looked at on Sunday mornings that we called it unhurried, looking at how we ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. And, and it's like if there's a silver lying, lining to this pandemic, it's that's what's happened to the world. I mean, talk about hitting a pause button that on almost everything that was going on. I mean, if you're trying to practice the discipline of simplicity, it's become simpler to do it, isn't it? Right? I, I think this is a, an ideal time. God <laughs> has slowed us down. This virus has certainly slowed us down. And I think this is an ideal time to learn and practice some of the disciplines that we've been seeking to do over these recent months. Practices like silence and solitude, where we get off by ourselves, and we're with ourselves, and we're with God, seeking to reorientate ourselves in Him, being still so that we might know that He's God. Practices like going to that daily quiet place with Jesus, spending time in Scripture and, and, and reading and meditating and allowing His words to wash over our lives, having Jesus speak of His love for us, and have that be a dominating voice in our lives. I think of the practice of Sabbath. Uh, maybe we're all on a sabbatical right now, and in some senses, some of you are in that situation. You can't work. You've been given this gift. I know it's a double-edged sword here. Income is good. But trusting that God will provide for you, it's an opportunity for us to take additional Sabbath in our lives, to, to rest and to worship. All of these, in this season of what you might say is a season of disorientation, these kind of spiritual disciplines and practices are, they, they can reorientate us to God and, and to ourselves and, and, and His faithfulness and love. One of the uh, practices I'm finding critical right now in my relationship with Jesus is simply called centering prayer. Centering prayer is taking a, a few minutes to, to sit in, in silence with Jesus and in those moments, you're, you're attempting to declutter your thoughts and uh, focus on Christ's presence with you and near you in that moment. You might start with one minute or two minute or, or, or five or ten. You, you might seek to just sit there and slow your breathing, be aware of your breathing, and, and maybe recite a, a verse that you know or just even a word. Um, hey, instead of me just talking about it, I, why don't we try it right now just for a minute? I'm going to encourage you to pray in this moment in stillness. If you, you want to, uh, don't be weirded out by this, but why don't you close your eyes and be still. You can breathe in and breathe out. Just be a little aware, more aware of your breathing. You might want to breathe in Christ's presence. Breathe in Jesus' peace. Breathe out your fear and anxiety. Breathe in His love. Breathe, breathe out your, your worry. You can do that. Maybe it's just reciting a, a particular word, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Just allow that to help focus you or simply that, that verse we know, be still and know that I am God. Let's just do that for a few moments.
Wasn't that good? Just experiencing the presence of Jesus and, and refocusing on Him. And, and, and we'll seek to do some of this together. Our, one of the ways we're hoping to meaningfully connect with God is we're offering prayer meeting options in the weeks to come. Uh, we actually scheduled this. We've got a, a virtual room that is dedicated for this purpose, and there's a link online. And if you'd like, you can make an appointment with someone to meet them in that prayer space. But we'll have five times this next week that we'll have, if you'd like to pray, uh, we're, we're going to be praying, and, and there'll be someone there leading a, a, just a 30-minute time of prayer, and you can join on in, and we'll pr- pray for each other. We'll pray for our community and, and for our world. But let's seek to hide under God's wings by adopting the kind of practices of Jesus that help us meaningfully connect with God. Secondly, we meaningfully connect with ourselves. You know, one of the things in in times like this is we can fail to notice what's going on inside of our own souls. And the reality is there's just so much going on down there, right? And, And in terms of being spiritually and emotionally healthy, it's, it's helpful to know what's going on beneath the surface of our hearts. David was good at this. He'd often have conversations with his soul. Uh, even in the psalm itself, at the end of the psalm in verse 7, he says, my heart, O God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. It, it, it's like David has, has done a, a self-check-in, as in, how you doing, David? And, and in, in this case, he's responding like, I, I think I'm doing okay. He, he's already in this psalm experiencing the reorientation portion. He's already linking in with God. But let me ask you, have you ever done a self-check-in? Have you done that? It, it, it's a good way of processing our, our emotions. Right now, a lot of us are living with kind of fear and anxiety and, and, and stress that's just, just really beneath the surface of our lives. And, and if we're not aware of it, it has more power to, to kind of rule over us, kind of drive our behaviors, drive our hearts. Whereas if when we simply acknowledge that we're feeling something, we're feeling fear, there's opportunity to kind of bring it out into the open, to, to examine it, even to, to question it. Like, is this a good thing? Is this reasonable right now? What am I really afraid of? What's going on inside of me? where we're experiencing these, these negative emotions and, and there can be power in becoming aware of them and recognizing them. I had a phone call this week with an elderly family mem- member and, and uh, in, in our conversation I asked her, how are you doing? And she says, oh, I'm feeling really lonely right now. And it kind of broke my heart. And I'm like, man, I wanted to give, reach out and give her a hug. But, but I also thought, wow, what a what a brave word that was, that she was able to, to articulate what she was feeling, that she was lonely right now, which, which actually, when, when you're able to be open about these things, it helps you pray it and, and process it, and it opens us up to the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in it. Folks, if you're able to say, I'm afraid of this, it starts to release the power that it has over us. For all of us, I would say we're we're all grieving right now, right? There are a lot of disappointments. There are a lot of losses that we're experiencing, so many of them. Uh, vacations that are cut short or, or have been canceled. I, I think of loss of jobs. I think of financial losses, loss of, of plans, loss of routine, loss of predictability in our lives. 
And it's, it's important to both notice and actually sort of walk through those losses. Uh, some of you would remember uh, Peter Scazzaro, great book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which we studied as a church a few years ago. And, and he suggested there are kind of four questions we can ask ourselves based on four different words. Uh, mad, bad, sad, and glad. Those are kind of cues to ask questions about what are going on, what's going on in our hearts. Questions like, where am I feeling angry right now? Where am I feeling mad right now? Uh, where am I feeling anxious or fearful? Where am I feeling sad? Where am I feeling joy? Where am I feeling glad right now? And following up those questions with the why. Why, why is that happening? What's going on? These can be helpful questions to ask yourself. For me, I, I find kind of journaling is really helpful in this particular practice because I, I just need to get it out on paper somehow. I need to see it and get it out of me. But it's more, importantly, more important, I'd say, than we think, meaningfully connecting with ourselves. Third, we meaningfully connect with each other. Now, uh, this is a season where we're told not to gather. In fact, we are scattered across our city and across the land. Uh, but just because we're isolated and distant from one another doesn't mean that we can't experience community. And it's in this moment, I, I want to invite us to be intentional about connecting to one another. And, and so here at Hillside, we're we're working right now at connecting our small groups, uh, helping them get connected, as, as Sonia mentioned at the beginning of the service, through all these wonderful online platforms. And if you're not in a small group, I'd, I'd encourage you, reach out to us. We'd love to get you connected to a group that's meeting right now on a weekly basis or biweekly basis so that you can be getting some spiritual input and encouragement together. We'll do our best to get you connected. We're working on virtual hangouts and, and coffee times where we can meet together. We're, we're planning on opening a virtual healing room where you can reach out to us and we'll set up an appointment for a couple of our prayer leaders to pray healing prayer for you and your situation. And I've already mentioned those online prayer meetings that we're going to be having. People are longing for connection right now. We're our family, uh, we, we were out walking the other night, our one sort of foray out of our house that day. We were walking in our neighborhood, and as we were going by my friend's house, one of my coffee shop friends, I gave him a call. I, I gave him a call and said, we're outside. And he's like, I'm coming out. And not only did my friend come out, but his, his wife and his two adult daughters, they were, they were all out on the front lawn just like that. And they're saying, we are so missing people right now. And we had this kind of conversation across the street from one another, and it was great to connect. But here's, here's my suggestion. That just reminds us, we're, we're longing to get connected, so let's go out of our way to reach out to one another, to, to care monger, as has been coined in the news, to express kindness to those that we're meeting in the neighborhood, that to those who we see in the supermarket, to, to those we know and to strangers who we see walking on the path in front of our homes. We can do this in all kinds of creative ways. There's an older woman in our church who is retired, and, and she's kind of shut in right now, and, and she told me this week that she's making 
four phone calls a day to reach out to people that she knows so she can encourage them, listen to them, and, and if they're open, to pray for them, to do check-ins. And, and, and I, I think we can be doing that. I mean, folks, uh, I know we're, we're all pretty adept at texting these days and Facebook messaging, but maybe for some people, it'd be just great to actually dial their number and speak to them on the phone. We can do that. Let's make phone calls. Let's set up video calls. Especially, let's, let's in this season, reach out to the vulnerable. Think of those who are most hurting right now and, and those who we know who are isolated, who are living alone, or maybe for those who are in a, in a quarantine kind of scenario. Reach out with a, an encouraging word, just a, hey, I'm thinking about you, and, and do a check-in. And, and if, if it's appropriate, pray with them. You might know someone who, who can't get out to get groceries or supplies, and uh, uh, reach out, you know, <laughs> offer help, do a, a drive-by blessing, you know. What a great opportunity right now for us, the church, to show the love of Christ to one another and to the world. Amen? And, and, and folks, I want to offer a, a shout-out to those of you that feel like you're in that situation. You're, you're feeling vulnerable right now. You're hurting. You're, you're, you're feeling lonely. Uh, you're, you're feeling afraid or cut off. Maybe uh, you've, you've lost your job. I think of all the kinds of things that are going on right now, I, I think of single parents uh, who are <laughs> entirely going squirrely with kids at home. Um, we, we want you to know that as a church, we're, we're, we're here and we're praying for you. I, I think of healthcare workers, a shout out to you right now. Um, boy, uh, risking yourselves like you are, we are with you and we're praying for you. And, and we want to know, we want you to know we're carrying your burden with you. For those of you who are working in essential services, I think of the grocery clerks and, and those in retail and, and all kinds of ways. Thank you for, for serving the way you are. And we want to know we're here for you. You're not alone. Please reach out to us. Please let us know how you're doing. We want to, we want to pray for you. I love this quote by Parker Palmer. He says this, he says, community does not necessarily mean living face-to-face -face with others. Rather, it means never losing the awareness that we are connected to each other. It's not about the presence of other people. It is about being fully open to the reality of relationship, whether or not we are alone. You know what, folks, this morning, uh, the invitation is for us to find refuge in God and then to, to recognize that in this refuge, I can be meaningfully connected to my own soul, to myself. And, and then, remarkably, I can offer refuge to other people. What a great gift. I, I, I want to close with just one more verse. This is what David says in verse 3. God sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth His love and His faithfulness. The, these words of David, they're, they're so good. They, they, they found their fulfillment in Jesus. God sends from heaven. What did He send? He sent Jesus. <laughs> you know, God, you got to see this, folks. He's already sent the vaccine. 
I mean, while we're waiting for the COVID vaccine, God has sent a, a bigger vaccine, and it's come in the person of Jesus who takes upon himself all our sin and our brokenness and our, our weakness, and he bears that. And, and through his death on the cross, he breaks the power of death forever. This is what God did. He, he sends from heaven, and he saves us. And, and so we celebrate what, what Christ has done for us to, to rescue us, to, to save us, to give us his very presence with us by his Holy Spirit until we're able to say with David in that final verse, verse 5, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. And that's my prayer. And, and, and that can be our prayer that in the midst of what's happening in the world, that God would fill the entire planet with his glory. Why don't we pray? Lord God, this morning we pray that you would be our refuge and our fortress. Lord, we thank you that you remind us through this psalm that we can come to you and hide ourselves in the shadow of your wings. We, you're the one who's, who's over us, shielding us, protecting us, guarding us, God. Thank you for your presence in the midst of trouble, Lord. You, Jesus, you said that in this world you'll have trouble, but we have overcome the world. We hold on to that truth this morning, God. Lord, in the midst of very difficult days, Lord, we pray, would you help us to find our refuge in you? Help us to run to you, to, to connect with you in a, in a very meaningful way. Teach us, Lord, what that looks like. Help us, Lord, to, to meaningfully connect with ourselves. Lord, to, to get beneath the surface of our hearts and, and to be able to to negotiate the, these, these difficult emotions that we're experiencing in these days, Lord. Help us to, to process those, to grieve those with you and with each other. And Lord, I pray in this season of isolation and social distancing that you would draw us to one another, Lord. I thank you that you've put us on each other's hearts. You've made us family. And I pray by your grace we might be able to reach out to one another in a profound way in this time and experience community that we truly would be apart, or that we truly would be together even though we're still apart, God. I pray that in Jesus' name. We, all, we ask, uh, Lord, continue to, to work in our world. We're concerned. We have such great concern for all that's going on, and we look to you, God. We say you are our refuge and our strength and our hope in times of trouble. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me leave you with this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn toward you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Uh, bless you. We'll uh, hopefully see you next week. Bye for now.